Happy Wednesday, Nook Nation, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Nook Nation podcast right here on the Chinook Social Network. Very special guest in studio with us today that we're going to get to in just a minute. But yesterday, our 2020 schedule was released. We hope you're excited about it. We will start off at Capco Park on May 30th for the home opener. Go to lakeshorechinooks.com for your printable PDF and all the information related to our 2020 schedule. And today, our Santa Euchre exclusive bobblehead and holiday package is available. $30 to get the Euchre bobblehead, two ticket vouchers to a 2020 game. You can order online at lakeshorechinooks.com, over the phone, or at our office in Grafton. Limited quantity available, so make sure you get that today. And joining us in studio today, he is the owner of Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. He is the, the man to know in southeastern Wisconsin and the Midwest for independent pro wrestling, Mr. David Hero. David, welcome to the show. I am happy to be a part of the Nook Nation. How about that? Yeah. I like that. And David, you also started a podcast this uh, year too as well, the Dave Hero Podcast. Yeah, the the David Hero Show, it's um, a, a good friend of mine, David Vox Mullen of the uh, DVM Empire. He's been on my case to do a podcast for a while. He wanted to do a, a show of Cal and I, you know. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if Cal's ready for something um, like that yet, you know, Cal being my son. And um, I'm like, I'll do a podcast, but I don't want it to be wrestling-based. Mm-hmm. I want it to be everything else but that. Because, you know, I just feel like I've, I've done enough wrestling talk over the years. And, I, you know, there's some important things out there that I think, you know, we have a responsibility as as people to share different thoughts and opinions and wants, needs, and desires, and hopefully create discussion besides just what happens between, the, you know, in the squared circle. And make sure to check out the David Hero Show podcast. Download it wherever you download your podcast. And you got a lot of great shows coming up. You can get all the information at blizzardbrawl.com. And Blizzard Brawl, your annual big show, that's coming yeah. up on Saturday, December 7th, presented by Gruber Law Offices. Uh, David Gruber, another good friend of the Chinooks. That is at the Waukesha County Expo Center. Tell us a little bit about Blizzard Brawl coming up. Blizzard Brawl, as the late, great King Kong Bundy once called it, was the WrestleMania of independence. And, of course, that was probably 13, 14 years ago when he said that because there's been a lot of great wrestling since. But it, it, it it's our biggest show. It is like our WrestleMania or Super Bowl uh, show of the year. It's once a year. It's always the first Saturday in December. And, uh, it's man, that for us to get to that show, the very first Blizzard Brawl was interesting. Um when the crusher had passed, uh, I was brought in with um, cousin Jack Koshik to a meeting at Clear Channel Radio. They wanted to do a um, event to honor the crusher, and they wanted to call it the Bolo Bruja, and they wanted to do it that first Saturday in December. And at the time, I wasn't doing a whole lot of shows. I want to say it was in 2004, 2005, probably 2005, and... We put this show together. It's going to be a tribute show for the Crusher. Unfortunately, the Crusher's family didn't give approval on everything that we thought they had, and we had to change the name. We had to rebrand the show. So um, Clear Channel Radio at the time, uh, the Brew 97.3, Jeff Lynn, super great guy. Um, they're like, hey, we, we can't do this. We can't be a part of this because we don't own the name, likeness, or rights to the Crusher. Mm-hmm. And it's a lost way to happen. So I got it. So I called up the Crusher's daughter. I said, hey, sorry about the miscommunication. I go, I need to do this show because I already have my name on it. And you know, in any business, especially the wrestling business, your name means everything. So we go. She says, okay, as long as you don't have my dad's name on the show, we'll give you our blessing. 
I says, great. Because I, at the time, I already had five grand of my own money tied up into this thing. And I didn't want to go to, at the time, my wife and say, hey, sweetheart, I lost $5,000 three weeks before Christmas. I'm not going to go over. So I'm like, okay, we got to re rebrand this whole show. So I go back to Clear Channel and says, hey, I got the blessing. I'll still do the show. You guys can still be presenting. I just need help promoting it. I'm already five grand in. Help me with whatever you can. And Jeff Lynn, the sweetheart that he is, he came back and he gave me a promotional package that would rival anything WWE would have spent at the time. Wow. So I'm like, okay, great. Time to go out there and change the name. I'm like, Seasons Beatings. I think it is the best name imaginable for a wrestling show around the holiday, Christmas season. So I'm all set, ready to go. I'm like, I need to get a charity because I felt that was the right thing to do because originally it was going to be a charity show for, uh, for scholarships in the Crusher's name. So I, I come across the Variety Network. Do you know what that charity is by chance? I don't. It is a charity that provides help and need for battered women and children. Oh, no. Do you think the name Seasons Beatings is appropriate to go to a charity for battered women and children? Probably not. So now I've rebranded it once. I now have to rebrand it a second time. And I want to say it was in 96 or 97, Rich Finke, who was the guy that I started Great Lakes Championship Wrestling with, we did a show and we called it Blizzard Brawl. So the first Blizzard Brawl technically was in 96 or 97. Like, I'm just going to call it Blizzard Brawl. The day before Blizzard Brawl, that Friday, we got hit with a legit blizzard. Like, it dumped, like, I want to, it probably wasn't two feet of snow, but it felt like two feet of snow. Blankets from Milwaukee to Chicago. So bad that the flight Dallas Page flew into, into Chicago, that plane slid off the tarmac because there was that much snow. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead and uttered. Because at the time, it was at the Ramada, which is now the Crown Plaza on 13th and College. Yeah, yeah. The hotel was dilapidated. It was definitely nowhere near where it should have been. They had one pickup truck with a small plow on it. And God bless that guy. He got that whole parking lot cleaned out. I mean, it probably took him 10 hours. There's that much snow. So I'm in the back. We have Buff. The main event was supposed to be Diamond Dallas Page versus Buff Bagwell. Well, I'm sorry, Diamond Dallas Page versus Jerry Lawler. Well, Jerry wound up going to court, and he could not miss his court date. So he couldn't come in when we needed him to. So I had to get Buff Bagwell. I forgot that Buff and Dallas had heat because of things Buff had said, did, or done to his wife Kimberly at the time. But Dallas was a true pro about it, and so was Buff. So I had Dallas, I had Buff Bagwell, I had Grandmaster Sexay, I had the late, great King Kong Bundy, I had Nick Bockwinkle, I had, I believe I had uh, Mad Dog Vachon, and I know I had ODB and Tracy Brooks on this show. So, and I'm terrified because we had a blizzard, you know, and nothing's going my way so far. And I'm in the back going over the match with Dallas and Buff, how I wanted things to go. I'm all done, and my brother goes to me. He's like, hey, man, you got to come out here. You got to see this. So I go, oh, God, what is it? Because, you know, it was hard to do pre-sales at the time. I mean, PayPal yeah. was just starting. People weren't really buying tickets online yeah. for indie shows. I go out there, and the place is packed. No idea how it got that. I mean, 
almost tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh, thank God I'm dodging a bullet. So we do the show. Great success. We end it with a battle royal. Uh, Grandmaster Sexy, Brian Lawler, the late, great Brian Lawler. He goes over. He wins. Everyone's dancing in the ring. Everybody goes home happy. I go straight home. I don't even go to the after party because I am mentally and physically exhausted after this show. So I think when it was all said and done, either I made or lost a couple hundred bucks. It didn't matter. It was a success. People were happy. Three weeks later, Jeff Lynn calls me. Hey, let's get lunch. I'm like, okay, let's do lunch. Because I'm thinking I'm done. I'm done with wrestling again because yeah. I, I had taken time off. I was married. It, marriage was not conducive for a, or for anything with wrestling or vice versa. So I go meet with Jeff Lynn for lunch, and he's like, hey, let's do it again. Same deal. We'll promote it. You put it on. He goes, but let's do it in two locations. Let's do Graft in your hometown, then we'll you know go back to Milwaukee. So of course, why wouldn't I want to you know you know uh, go through all that again? So yeah. So since then, we've had Blizzard Brawl after Blizzard Brawl, and I would like to, I would like to believe that I doubt anybody in the area in the last fifteen years has used more superstars' names and legends than I have um, on this show. So it, it, it's my favorite event of the year. Um, I've been a part of it. I've wrestled on it. My son is now wrestling on it. We've had China. We've had Bobby Heenan. We've had Mean Gene Okerlund. We've had Kevin Nash, Booker T, the you know Road Warrior Animal. I mean, you name it, they've all been there. So, yeah, um, Saturday night, December seventh. I believe it's the fourteenth Blizzard Brawl. You know, wow. and it's, it's amazing. Um, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore had it the last three years, and this year um, I'm taking it back. And it's a little bit of a different style. It's more of the – it's more of an athletic wrestling event this time as far – you know, not not so much character-driven. Sure. Um, we have Sean Spears from All Elite Wrestling, AEW. We have Sefa Fatu, who is the son of Rikishi, the brother of the Usos. Um, we're going to have Hornswoggle. We're going to have Tommy Dreamer versus Al Snow in an ECW throwback hardcore match. Uh, we're going to have Melina Perez, um, who was a former WWE Women's and Divas champion. She's wrestling ODB, who was a TNA Knockouts champion. And, uh, you know, um, Rikishi, the WWE Hall of Famer, is going to be there. We're working on a few other big surprises. Um, all that can be found at blizzardbrawl.com. And it, it's a great show. It's a fun show. You can go to Raw, you can go to SmackDown, you can go to NXT, you can go to AEW, and you're going to see great stuff. Mm -hmm. The difference between us and them is you're still going to see great stuff, but you're also going to have the opportunity to meet and greet with everybody. You're going to get a photo op, you can get an autograph, you know, you can hug them and tell them your stories. It's way more intimate. It's still a big building, you know, it's about a, about a 1,800 to 2,000 seat building, but just when everyone is out there at their merchandise tables where you can buy autographs and T-shirts and photo ops and whatever you want, it's just a way for the fans to truly connect with the stars that they love and enjoy. Yeah, I've been to probably four or five of them. Uh, the last years I've been able to make it. My daughter was actually born two years ago, the day before Blizzard Brawl. I was actually watching it on my phone in the hospital. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Big Ten Championship was on the TV. Mm -hmm. Jordan sleeping in the bed, Riley sleeping, and I got... Blizzard brawl down on the phone going because you were streaming it that year with yeah. uh, Tommy Dreamer House of yes. Hardcore. Family-friendly event. It's a lot of fun. You see a lot of guys from the past, a lot of guys from the present. Like you said, you meet and greets. You're up close and personal. You're a few rows off of the floor. 
you know, it's floor seats at WWE are expensive, so this is an opportunity to be up close next to the yeah. Room. I mean, you know, uh, the the front row is fifty five dollars. The general admission is twenty bucks, and there is not a bad no. seat in the Waukesha County Expo. It, it, it's it's. I wish the building was in Milwaukee because it's that fantastic. I yeah. mean, and the building has a lot of history because at one time Hulk Hogan wrestled Andre the Giant. Really? At the Waukesha County Expo awesome. on the AWA. Awesome. So, yeah, so there is definitely some history there. Make sure to check it out at blizzardbrawl.com. Um, you got some other great events coming up. Uh, Beware of Dog with the Road Dog, Dusty James, the WWE Hall of Famer. That's at Circle B in Seaburg on January 18th. And then his former tag team partner, Billy Gunn, will be part of. Great Lakes Championship Wrestling Gun Show, also at Circle B in Cedarburg on February 22nd. All the information at blizzardball.com. And I guess I should mention, I should have talked about this at the top of the show, the relationship you have with the Chinooks, you are the man that helps us with our pro wrestling night. So you've helped yeah. us get Kevin Nash and uh, Jimmy Hart, Million Dollar Man. So every superstar Ricky we've Steamboat, had. Rikishi. Yep. Yeah. Every superstar great. since 2014, you've been responsible for helping bring the Capitol Park. So that's how we got kind of. Yes. Involved with each other. Yes. So. Yeah, and it's been a great partnership. I mean, the facility that you guys have, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is top notch. And everything you guys have done, you've you've made everyone feel comfortable and at home. And you know, it's cool to see I don't want to say minor league baseball mm-hmm. because Great Lakes Championship is like minor league wrestling, but independent. Be creative. Yeah. You know, and, and you guys are definitely that. Yeah, and I always have a kick every year. I mean, every guy we've had is great. You always bring us guys that you feel comfortable. We know that will be good with the fans. That's a big part. It's not just mm-hmm. sign an auto, take a photo, and go. They really interact with the fans. I always get a kick out every year what they order for food. Uh, Million Dollar Man in 2016, I think, had everything on the menu. Mm-hmm. The best food story is um, Jimmy Hart, who we had in 2017. We had a double header because of a rain delay. Jimmy was insisting on coming to the first game. I said, Jimmy, Nobody comes to the first game. It's literally just our staff and the players. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Hart is Jimmy Hart. Like yes, he he's always his, on. Yes, he's very high energy. Like, uh, come on, uh, baby. Yeah, uh-huh, I mean, yeah. we picked him up at the airport at eight o'clock, and he was ready to go. Yeah. Eight a.m. in the morning. So he comes out for the first game. Another storm comes through and almost like destroys the ballpark. Our pregame picnic tent almost went down. And so between games, Chris, our manager, sales wanted to give him something to eat and. He said, "Jimmy, what do you? What, what can we get you?" He gave him the whole menu. He goes, "You know what, baby? You know what'd be really good." Can I get one of those orange crushes and a bag of peanuts? And that's all he wanted. <laughs> and everything it was an orange crush and a bag of peanuts. And he uh, raved about how he hadn't had an orange crush in years. That's hilarious. But, and so, he still looks the same. He does. You know, I mean, he, he's in his 70s. He's got to be by now. Great hair yeah. still. Yes. Yes. Well, we're looking forward to hosting Pro Wrestling Night in 2020. We'll have more details as we get into the new year. So when did you first have an interest in pro wrestling? Um, and growing up, who were some of your favorites, both on TV and local? Well, the, the first time I went, my dad took me to a show. It was at the Mecca. It was a cage match, Mad Dog Vashon versus The Crusher. I think I was like six years old. Hated everything about it. Felt so bad for my dad. Like, I wanted to leave early. But he's like, oh, it's a cage match. We're going to, you know. So I sat there miserable. Hated everything about it. It was loud. It was obnoxious. It just wasn't my thing. So fast forward. And I don't know how old I was, but sixth grade. I know I was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I'm watching cable TV, and I'm flipping through the channels, and I see the Iron Sheik fight Bob Backlund. And it's when the Iron Sheik beat Bob Backlund for the championship. I'm like, damn, that guy's jacked. You know, I'm Iron Sheik. Look, you know, he looked like a badass and everything. Had camel clutch. Oh, my God. It looks like he's in pain. Manager throws in the towel. 
New World Champion. I just watched a New World Champion on TV. I'm like, this was great. I loved it. Of course, I wasn't paying as to what channel it was on or what time it was on. The next weekend, I'm going through the channels again, and I land on Channel 17, TBS, Georgia Championship Wrestling, and I see the Road Warriors. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hooked. I mean, living in Grafton, yeah, suburban white America, where do you ever see the Road Warriors? You don't. And they were just throwing guys around, beating people up, kicking their teeth down their throat. I'm like, yeah, I like this. I'm into it. And I, I was watching Georgia Championship Wrestling first, you know. Oh. So it was the Road Warriors. It was King Kong Bundy. It was uh, the mass superstar, Tommy Wildfire Rich, Brad Armstrong, who uh, the late, great Brad Armstrong, who is the brother of Road Dog Jesse James, who became one of my closest friends. And I just hooked, and I loved it. And I'd go back and forth, and all of a sudden, I'm, I found the AWA on Channel 18 on a Sunday morning. So then I'm watching The Crusher and Baron and, you know, uh, Ken Patera and Mr. Saito. And all. And like so wrestling was on, and I just I just jumped in headfirst and uh, watched everything. And I'll never forget, I'm watching Saturday night's main event, WrestleMania, right before WrestleMania 2. It was Hulk Hogan versus Don Morocco and Phoenix. Mm -hmm. King Kong Bundy and Bobby Heenan jumped the ring. Pearl Harbor Hulk Hogan, Avalanche them, splash them. They now keep. I had no idea Saturday's main event was taped a month earlier. Okay, well they're taking him to the Phoenix Memorial Hospital. My uncle works in the trauma unit, <laughs> so I'm calling the hospital to talk to my uncle. Is Hulk Hogan there? And he's playing along because he knew it was on. Oh yeah, I mean, he's beat up. I'm like, oh my, some it's real. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, just a huge fan. I was a Hulkamaniac. I was him, and, and it was the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Brad Armstrong was one of my favorites. You know, you know, good looking guy, super athletic, one of the best drop kicks ever. And then there's Hulk Hogan, who's trained to say your prayers and eat lots of vitamins, kind of thing. So yeah, I, mean, I was hooked at a young age, and then it just grew and grew and grew and. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, I had every action figure. I had every um, video. You know, video games weren't a thing back then. But everything I could find WWF, I bought. Is the point where I taped every show. Like there is a box in my parents' house, and I saw it a couple weeks ago. There's about fifty to a hundred VHS tapes in there. Yeah, and it's everything. It is. Georgia Championship Wrestling, it's Mid-South, it's WWF, it's AWA, it's NW, it's everything you can imagine is all on these tapes. The VHS was the uh, the network back in the yeah. day. I grew up on VHS, and we had some WrestleManias where we worked down. We watched it so much, you couldn't even yeah. work it anymore. And then, I mean, if I had the network as a kid, my parents could have gone on a 30-day cruise, and I would have been completely Yeah. Fine. Well, and then, of course, that's back when they had that 900 number. Yeah. And I called it... Man, my dad wanted to just hang me up. It was like at least a hundred dollar phone bill one month because I called every day. It was two dollars a call. That's like sixty bucks. And sometimes if I missed something, I'd call back to hear it again. Yeah, you know, and just like, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like so much fun, so much great stuff, and so many characters. And you know, it was good versus evil. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there was always a story being told, and it's way different than it is today, but. You know, in in the early '80s, I don't think there was a better time to be a character in pro wrestling. I was actually born the day Hogan lost the title to Andre. 
February 5th, 1980. So you're the guy. reason why. I am. I love Hulk Hogan's my favorite, but I was bad luck charm. And my dad was watching it with friends the night I was born. I mean, he obviously was at my birth and everything. Sure. Yeah, I'm bad. Hulk Hogan's bad luck charm, and he's my favorite wrestler. So let me tell you about that. That was the match I could not wait to go see. You know what I mean? It's like I wanted that match bad. And I went to the gym. So I'm like, oh, I'll just set the VCR to record it, and I'll come back, and I'll watch it. Because I had to be at the gym for something. I forgot what it was. I get back home and I didn't record. There's no replays back then. No. <laughs> okay. There's no on demand. There's no. There's no YouTube or any. I was so pissed. Like I'm like, you've got the biggest match ever. Yeah. And now I got to go to school tomorrow and not know really what happened. It was a nightmare. It, it was terrible. Finish so it's your fault. It is it's my your fault. fault. Yeah. 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 Uh, when you, you're a big Hulk Hogan fan like me, first time you met him, were you nervous? Yeah, I was. And in the first time I ever met him, um, it was 2005 or 2000, whatever WrestleMania in California when he won the Hall of Fame. I met him in the hotel we were staying in, yeah. 2005. And uh, it was... It just the energy coming off him. It was crazy. And he's a super nice guy. Super great guy. And, I, and I've met him a few times since then. We've actually talked on the phone. I try working with him, you know, for, for appearances and whatnot. Um, but, I mean, he's a big part of my childhood. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, in middle school, high school, it's like, oh, I want my hair to look like Hulk Hogan. I want the Fu Manchu, <laughs> you know. My hair starting to look like Hulk Hogan in the back. You know, I mean, you know, of course, no, you know, 30-some years later. But it just like, yeah, I mean, he was he was the be all end all. I mean, yeah. he when people say, "Oh, what do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I'm involved in pro wrestling." And some people immediately think collegiate freestyle. I go, "Oh no, pro wrestling." They're like, "Well, what do you mean?" I go, "Hulk Hogan," you know? Boom, they know. Yeah, there are certain people you can say Hulk Hogan, you can say John Cena, you can say The Rock, and people know exactly, you know. And um, but yeah, I mean Hulk Hogan, you know. If it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be. Anything there wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. And, and, and to be fair, if it wasn't for the Iron Sheik, because the Iron Sheik, when he wrestled Hulk Hogan, and this story is true, Vern Gagne offered him $100,000 to break Hulk Hogan's leg in that match because Hulk had left the AWA to go work for Vince McMahon. And then Vern says, bring the title back to me, and I'll make you my world champion also. But Iron Sheik, he's like, he was loyal. Yeah. Thank God he was. Because imagine if he breaks Hulk Hogan's leg, how different is everything today? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Amazing. It's a shame he never got his moment in the spot. Or his his true farewell in WWE. Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Like, the last, yeah. he never had the last yeah. match. Never got to walk up the ramp one last time. Well, he will have he will have one. He's already laid the seeds for one more match. You know? I mean, there's been a lot of damage done to his, to his character. You, you think know? they'll let him wrestle one more? If he can get cleared and they can make money on it, Tampa would be the place to do it. Well, it'll be close. I mean, Tampa would be ideal, yeah. you know, because it's his hometown and everything. But, I mean, Hulk Hogan, you know, he's Hulk Hogan. I mean, what happened with him and the Gawker deal and uh, the rant and the racism and all that kind of stuff, it, we, we talked about earlier. It's just like... It's Hulk Hogan. It's like Michael Vick, everyone forgave him for killing dogs. Yeah. You know what I mean? He came back to the NFL and had a pretty decent career, and now he does commentary. Yeah. 
over time, people do forgive and forget. It's just amazing how sometimes it takes longer for other things than others. But, you know, if Hulk Hogan, you know, he keeps making the same progress and improvements and showing that his comments he made is not truly who he is, I think that eventually everybody will welcome him back again, you know, in the world of pro wrestling. We'll have more with David Hero right here on the Nook Nation podcast on the Chinook Social Network. Back here on the Nook Nation podcast with the owner and founder of Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, David Hero. He is the man that helps us with pro wrestling night every year. How did you get involved with the independent wrestling scene? Booking talent, getting Great Lakes Championship Wrestling started. I had a, a wrestling store in, um, as Bill Johnson would say, Milwaukee's fashionable east side, Shorewood. 4484 North Oakland Avenue, Hero Sports page. And I would bring in, uh, I, w- I had a, an, an agreement with WCW and WWF where when they would have live events, they would bring their talent into my store for on sales. And, um, you know, I had, boy, the Headbangers, Kurt Henning, um, Dallas Page, the Road Warriors. Vader did a press conference there. So, you know, it was a blast. We had a great time. And uh, a man by the name of Rich Finke came in and said, hey, uh, he's, a, he's a local independent wrestler as Colonel Corruption. Wanted to know if I ever wanted to get in the business of, of, of co-promoting shows with him. So sat down. We had a few meals together. Um, and we decided to call the company Great Lakes Championship Wrestling because we didn't want it to just be Milwaukee pro wrestling. Sure. We wanted to be because that way, if we did shows in Green Bay, uh, Minnesota, you know, Michigan, whatever, we, we could say that we're um, a, reg- a regional uh, brand and/or territory. Started doing shows. Our first show, I want to say, it was in um, it had to be '97. It was at Texas Victory Hall in Cudahy. And uh, we brought in the Brooklyn Brawler, Steve Lombardi, as the headliner. He wrestled the heartbreaker, Trevor Adonis, for the GLCW, maybe global championship at the time. Packed about 700 people in the building. Great show. A lot of fun. Um, Never would have thought we would have done as well as we did, but wrestling was booming. And then after that, we had the Honky Tonk Man there. We've done cage matches. We had um, uh, Dwayne Gill when he was Gilbert, when he was a light heavyweight champion. We drew almost a thousand people that day. I mean, Dwayne Gill, <laughs> Gilbert drew that. We, we had the back then. He had the sparklers, if you remember. Yeah, he had the sparklers, all that kind of stuff. Just a, a, a it was just a, a great time for pro wrestling. And then I just you know slowly developed relationships with all these guys over time, and that's how through my store and through GLCW I was able to work with guys like The Rock and Kane and Vader. Uh, Kevin Nash, Kimberly, Dallas Page, you name it, they all came through Milwaukee, came into my store. So then we just, you know, blew up and branched off and did some bigger and better things. We, we had shows at Summerfest, the Dan Jansen Festival. We do uh, shows for the Ashapin Fireman's Picnic. Of course, the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, with, with you guys here at the Chinooks, we do um, Six Flags Great America. So we're busy in the community doing live pro wrestling events and appearances. Anybody you never had the opportunity to work with? I would have loved to work with Under the Giant. I think he would have been fantastic. I mean, basically because of, of of the age difference. I mean, I was like maybe 19 or 20, I guess, when, when he passed or, 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 or whatnot. And it, it just wasn't a good fit. Um, I never I never worked with – I did some stuff with CM Punk, but not on the wrestling level. 
when he was wrestling in Milwaukee locally, same thing with uh, Seth Rollins as Tyler Black. I wasn't running shows, so I, you know, I, I never had that chance to work with them. But overall, I mean, I'll put up everyone that I've worked with against against anybody. I mean, I've worked with Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Steve Austin. Um, I've never worked truly worked with The Undertaker. I've met him once. I uh, did a lot of stuff with Mick Foley over the years. You know, of course, you know Kevin Nash, Al Snow, uh, Road Dog, Billy, X Pac. I've done a couple of things with Triple H, not many, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've, I've had a great run. So you did, you know, you do bookings. You've done your own shows and everything. You had Hero Sports page. You also were on TV and radio for over twenty years with the Pro Wrestling Report with your best friend Damian Nelson. How did yeah. the Pro Wrestling Part Report come to be? It was crazy. At the time when Dame, you know, I used to do on Saturday mornings, I used to do the uh, Hero Squared Circle Report, I think it was called that, with Matt Marchese on uh, WAUK 1510, which is now ESPN Radio. And we ended that, and then, you know, we would have Mick Foley on, we'd have Buff Bagwell, we'd have lots of guests because of me with the store and everything else. So when we ended it, um, because the station was sold and they went in a different direction. Um, Damian Nelson, Frank Costantino, and the man they call Meathead, they then did a show with ESPN Radio. And at the time, I was um, going through my divorce, or I had just gotten divorced, and, you know, I was the woe is me nonsense. You know, I was, you know, self-pity, not whatever. And I didn't have Cal on Monday nights. So Damian's like, hey, come on down, watch wrestling with us, and hop on and Let's talk about grown men that fake fight in their underwear for money. <laughs> I'm like, sweet. I mean, what what could go wrong? Yeah. You know. So I go down there and we would do the show. And the first few weeks, I was I was uncertain as to what to say because it's like, man, this is broadcast, you know, on ESPN Milwaukee, and then also online all over the country and the world. I'm like, I need to be careful what I say because I have a interesting sense of humor. Like I find random stuff very funny you can't offend me so sometimes i think no one should be offended um so we did the show and slowly after time i picked up steam i felt more comfortable and then damien and i we just took off and we just had great charisma great chemistry it was funny haha i would say things that he knew what i meant but others wouldn't and he'd either start laughing or he'd roll his eyes you know um and then when ring of honor was purchased by Sinclair Television. Um, Paul Fix at Sinclair called me, who's uh, channel 1824, and said, hey, we want to have your show on TV. We think you guys would be a great fit. I'm like, well, let me call Damien. I called Damien. Hey, you want to you do TV? I go, we have an opportunity where we can then go into more Sinclair markets, like at Green Bay, Madison, Lacrosse, yeah. wherever there's 1824. We agree to it, put it together. Damien, it's his brand. And he was so convinced it would do well, he bought I mean, he bought his own cameras and the and their own set. So, like, none of that was provided to oh, us. Oh, really? I didn't know that. He paid for everything. So he bought three digital cameras. He bought the backdrop. Um, I'd always have a gimmick on the table. Either, you know, I, I, I always went with the phone because it reminded me of Bobby Heenan. He always had a phone on the desk. And it was never plugged in, but it was just a cool prop I thought to have. It was a tribute to primetime wrestling. And I would never compare us to Heenan and Monsoon, but a lot of fans did.
But instead, I was the baby face Heenan, and he was the heel monsoon, according to the fans, because we'd be out in public and people would be like, man, why, why does Damien, why does he always cut you off? Why does he let you finish? And I'm thinking, because I ramble. I mean, you've noticed that here today. I'll just, <coughs> I can just ramble. So it's just funny. And Damien's like, why do they think I'm the villain? You know, I'm like, uh, I don't know. You got a darker tan than I do. Maybe that's what it is. And he just like, of course, rolls his eyes and laugh. So we had a blast and we did it, you know, for quite a while. And uh, I mean, at one point we had Kevin Nash came in and we put six episodes in the can with Nash leading up to WrestleMania. Um, and we picked up a lot of steam. And for us, you know, we do between a 0.7 and a 1 rating in Milwaukee on a Saturday night which is equal ratings to Jimmy Kimmel wow. in Milwaukee. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know, yeah. was, and, and, we would, and we would follow Ring of Honor, okay? So Ring of Honor was our lead-in show, and sometimes their numbers wouldn't even show up. Like wow. they'd be at a zero or a point two or a point three, and we'd be like at a point six, point seven, or even a one. So sometimes we doubled, tripled, quadrupled Ring of Honor, which was insane. And that was our lead-in. So we picked up a lot of steam because in Milwaukee, um, Milwaukee of all cities in the country has the most households without cable TV. So if you want to pro, if you want to get caught up on pro wrestling, if you don't have cable, well, you had to watch us. Yeah, you know, and it was going great, but it finally became we, we were finally validated, I guess is the word, or or, or verified when. Mean Gene Okerlund came on and put us over. And he did our intro for us. And just like, that's Mean Gene Okerlund. I mean, that's wrestling royalty, you know. So Gene put us on the map, and we did a lot of stuff with Gene. Bless his heart. You know, he's one of, he was one of my closest best friends, you know. My, my dear, good, close, personal, longtime friend, Gene Okerlund. And, uh, yeah, we just, we, we, we just took off. And the Pro Wrestling Report, it was fantastic. We had a great run. And then Damien had an opportunity He's the director of Six Flags, took a job in China with Six Flags to open up two theme parks. And Skype is cool and all, but we, you know, there's no way we could ever, yeah. you know, Rough create the same magic and whatnot. And a lot of people have asked me in the past, hey, I'd love to do a podcast with you. Let, let's do PWR show. And I tell them no, because if you've ever seen the show or if you haven't, you know, go on YouTube. It's Pro Wrestling Report under Max Sports. Him and I had great chemistry, great charisma. I mean, it, it was fun and funny. And, you know, Damien, he, he treated it like a business. I mean, every – it was it was raw on Monday. They would tape SmackDown on Tuesday, and sometimes they would tape Impact on Tuesday. So Tuesday night, he would write the run sheet. He'd email it to me Wednesday morning. We'd tape TV Wednesday or Thursday. Sometimes we'd tape it Friday, so it would air on Saturday. And I never once read his run. I maybe read his one sheet run sheet once or twice, and it would drive him nuts because that was the bullet points. And he's like, "Why don't you read this?" I go, "Because I want to give you my honest first impression. I don't want to think about it." And then I think I'm being funny, and it doesn't sound authentic. And I think that's why him and I had such a great run because it did come across as two buddies talking. We weren't a quote unquote dirt sheet. We weren't giving away spoilers because here's why. I knew what was going to happen, sometimes a month in advance, because of who my friends are in the business. Yeah. But if I start leaking that stuff... Trust goes away. It goes away. And I don't want them to get heat from their bosses saying, well, we know you told them because you guys are pals. So 
Um, I would take their thoughts and opinions and put them into my words, and that was the message I would then put out there. You guys also did an annual WrestleMania trip with your shenanigans trip um, the last you know, five, six, seven years. You guys have plans to do it, Tampa this yeah, year? Yeah, it's actually been 10 years. We've been 10 doing, years. Yeah, I mean, wow. we, we started uh, WrestleMania together in Phoenix. Okay. And then it was Atlanta, and then it was Miami, then New Orleans, then New York. San Francisco. Then San Francisco, then to Dallas, Orlando, back to New Orleans, back to New York. Now we're going to Tampa. And have I missed anything? No, I think that's I think that's yeah, it. You got everything. Yeah. yeah. And then we've done Royal Rumbles. We did San Antonio. We did Pittsburgh. Um, we did SummerSlam in LA when Brock Lesnar destroyed John Cena. And we we've done a bunch of cool things. And we you know we usually hit up the ones in Chicago as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely be in Tampa doing the, the uh, shenanigans party. Um had a blast at every one of those. It's fun because now I take Cal with me, and he just sits back and his eyes are wide open, and he's like, "Really, all this is happening?" You know, so it, it's cool because it's the who's who of pro wrestling. Um, every year, it's uh, Kevin Nash is the host, and we bring along, you know, my, my buddy Al Snow. This year, we're gonna have Al. We're gonna have um, Melina Perez. We're gonna have uh, Renee Michelle, which is Drake Maverick's wife. And um, Dasha Fuentes, who's now Dasha Gonzalez on AEW, along with Nash. And it's a big meet and greet. And the other stars of wrestling show up as well. I mean, sure. uh, Jeff Jarrett's been there. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias, Fluffy, he showed up you know, to the, the, the last couple. Matt and Jeff Hardy, X-Pac. We never know who's going to show up. So it's always a blast. And, and, and that stuff, it's at shenanigansvip.com. And, uh, yeah, it is the party of the year. It's like it is the most talked about event WrestleMania weekend because usually everybody shows up hungover the next day to wherever they're supposed to be. You got to think one of these years they're going to get stuck with a rain or storm at WrestleMania. Well, running out yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, the worst one was WrestleMania in New York when it was John Cena against The Rock number two. Mm -hmm. And it was cold and it was misty and I hated it. It's like, ugh. But yeah, I mean that, that's why Vince likes to be in, in the southeast. You know, he hates he hates going up, you know, um, across the Mason Dixon line because there's always a chance of bad weather. Yeah. Uh so you still follow the product today? You watch AEW, WWE. What's your thoughts on the current industry? Uh, I watch. Um, I'm not as engaged as, as I used to be. I'm gonna be honest. Last night, uh 9:15, Cal and I turned off Raw and put on the Mandalorian. You lasted longer than I did, you know. So. And um, it's just because I wanted to watch Thea, you know, uh, Zelina Vega, who I've known for 10 years. I actually did her wedding ceremony with her and Aleister Black um, a year ago on November 23rd. It's, it's their anniversary. So, um, yeah, it's just hard to watch because it's everything. They don't tell stories anymore. It's all about moves. And the TV matches are three to four minutes. And you can really beat somebody that quick. You know, I just, it's it just, uh, I'm not a fan. And, um Finishers don't count. DDTs are transition moves. Jake Roberts had the most devastating move, the DDT. He killed everybody with it. Now guys kick out at one. Uh, Shawn Michaels, a super kick. No one, you know, no one loses to that anymore. So when when uh, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins can kick out a four or five or six or seven F5s, the finishing move is dead. Yeah. And if you think about it, Andre the Giant, the biggest, baddest wrestler in the world, 
lost to Hulk Hogan following a body slam and a leg drop. And now guys are kicking out of, you know, Canadian destroyers. Do you watch AEW? I do. I watch it because I have some friends that are there. Um, smaller guys, very athletic. Again, I, you know, I just and – I, and I said this before. I mean, I'm 47 years old. I'm not their demographic. They're not writing that show for me, you know, so I'm not going to enjoy it. There are certain things I love. I love watching a really good promo. I love watching um, Chris Jericho because he tells a story. He's not out there trying to do 450 flips. Yeah. But, I mean, psychology is a lost art form. You know, Cody Rhodes, he still understands psychology. Gold dust, you know, psychology. And when you have coaches like Billy Gunn and Dean Malenko and Arn Anderson there, I expect to see more of that coming out of them soon. Uh, do you watch NXT? I do on occasion. I mean, again, I, I got some buddies there. I mean, Robbie E., yeah. um, who's now Robert Strauss, and uh, Gunner, who's Jackson Riker, have uh, all been to Blizzard Brawls in the past, and, and you know, they're buddies. And, you know, th they got a great thing down there. Yeah. But, again, it's no different than what happens on Raw and SmackDown. It's no different than AEW. It's all the same. It's all moves. You know, today, if you, th if you truly think about it, guys like Captain Lou Albano, King Kong Bundy, George the Animal Steel, Kamala, might not have jobs today because of they couldn't, you know, they just couldn't. Dusty Rhodes, as charismatic as he is, He'd probably have a job, but he wouldn't be one of the top guys. Sure. Yeah. You know? So. We have two big wrestling events coming to the, well, somewhat area Chicago, NXT TakeOver Survivor Series. Are you going this weekend? I, I will be at uh, Survivor Series. Uh, I just can't sit through seven, nine hours. You know, and, and Cal has a show on Saturday, and he's actually doing a, a, a wrestling seminar with Adam Pierce on Saturday also. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, so he, he'll be busy with that, but... Yeah, I mean, I went to WrestleMania. That was what eight hours, Ugh, seven and a half, eight. Yeah, Uncle, kill me. Yeah. You know, it's like you know, just sit. That that's a you long, were there. It's tiring yeah. on the sofa. Yeah, seven you know, and it's and I'm sitting in the seat I don't want to sit in. Yeah, and now it's eight hours. I don't sit in the car that long. Yeah, we are. The staff is going down there for a weekend of wrestling. But yeah, I mean, eight hours is a long time to sit yes. in an arena. Yes. So. Uh, so we can't. You mentioned your son multiple times, Cal, on the mm -hmm. podcast. Yeah, and he recently got involved in wrestling. Were you excited for that? Nervous about it? I'm terrified every time he's in the ring because no matter what, he's always my baby boy. Mm -hmm. um, my parents they won't tell him he's great or he's good because they don't want him to do it. Um, he is. He's a natural. He grew up around. It. I didn't think he would be this good. I really didn't because. Um, He's an athletic kid. I didn't think he was that athletic, you know. So the summer of 2018, we're doing shows at Six Flags, and some of the indie talent we have was just terrible. And Cal and Evan, who is Al Snow's son, were saying, well, we can do this. I'm like, well, then try it. Show me you can. I mean, I can rip on it because I've done it. Mm -hmm. He hasn't, so be a little more respectful, which he was, but he wasn't. You know, his kids being kids. Signed him up with Angel Armani, um, went down to his uh, building in South Milwaukee, and he started training, and he learned how to roll and how to bump, and he just, he's still very, very green. It's been for a year, about a year and a half. Very, very green, but he does the basics, and he gets that. He understands how to sell. He understands heat. He understands charisma, how to work the, how to work the crowd, use your face to sell your emotions. 
And um, he picked it up super quick. And then Tommy Dreamer's like, I want to have Cal's first match at Blizzard Brawl last year. And um, originally it was going to be Al, Snow, and Cal. And, and Al legitimately is like his second dad. I mean, he truly is. He, he loves Cal like his own. And it was going to be against Robbie E. and David Arquette was the, was the, was the original plan. I'm like, well, that'd be kind of cool, yeah. you know? But then Arquette couldn't do it. So then Tommy's like, well, how about Big Cass? I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not having a seven-foot man throw my 16-year-old son around because I don't know this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I go, how about Jay Bradley? I know Jay. He's a big, bully, bruising, brooding guy. He'd be great. So they did it. They had the match. And I was nervous because him being my kid, he will always have a bullet or a bullseye in his front and his back. Because, oh, it's Dave Hero's kid, preferential treatment, blah, blah, blah. So he goes out there for a House of Hardcore show, which is a different set of fans. Yeah. You know, they are... It's called House of Hardcore because of the fans, not because of the type of matches. Yeah, it's hardcore wrestling fans. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to get booed. You know what I mean? And I'll be damned. They got behind this 16-year-old kid where there is over a 1,000 people chanting, Cal's pal. We want Cal. I'm not going to lie. He brought a tear to my eye. You know what I mean? It's like, Wow, what a great first experience. Yeah. And uh, we're in the back in the locker room going over the match. And I go, what's the finish? He's like, Cal's doing the cross body off the top. And I it like stops. I'm like, he's never done that. He's like, look, he's going to do it today. I know he can do it. I believe in him. And Tommy Dreamer's like, he's never, no, 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 don't do it. He's never done it. And Al's like, no, he's going to do it. He goes, Cal, you're going to do it. Now, this is, they're going over this during the show already. So there's not even a chance to go out to the ring to practice. So I pulled him aside and I go, hey, if you are not comfortable with this, you're not doing it. He goes, Al said, if I don't do it, I'll regret it. He goes, I'm going to do it. I'm like, oh. so now I'm sick to my stomach, but I can't sell that to him because I don't want him to get now nervous. Yeah. They do the match. The crowd's behind him. They're going nuts. He is doing fantastic. All of a sudden, he's climbing to the top. And I'm thinking, please don't slip. Please don't slip. He flies. Didn't get as high as he wanted, but high enough. Hits Robbie. Robbie, perfect. One, two, three. Crowd goes freaking nuts. And I'm like, wow. That was like, it's been a while since I felt that emotion. And I know a lot of other people did, too. And the kid was over. He sold over 500 bucks in merch and T-shirts and 8 by 10s Incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, you better appreciate it. Go, it's all downhill after this. Like, if we go back to Circle B, you'll be lucky, you know, if you, if you do, you know, one sixteenth of that, you know. So, but no, he's held his own. I mean, he, he has a different character than anyone else on the indies. I mean, he comes out. He doesn't wear black. He's yellow and blue. And that's because here's how much thought he put into that. Uh, his theme song is Wake Me Before You Go-Go with Wham. Andrew Ridgely is wearing blue and white shorts. George Michael is wearing yellow and white shorts. You know, they're cut in half. So he took the blue and the yellow and half and half on his gear. Nice. As a tribute to the song. Some people think it's for the Brewers. Oh. But at 15, 16 years old, to think that far into it, it's yeah. like, okay, he really wants to make this work. 
So he has the fanny pack. He has the visor. It's a complete 80s look. And uh, it's cool because he did a show up in Stevens Point and um, his first time ever in Stevens Point, wrestling against three guys that have been up in Stevens Point for a few years. They're already established. They all come out, great reactions from the crowd. I'm like, oh, they're going to hate him. Here comes this kid, George Michael, Stevens Point, blah, blah, blah. Music hits. He comes out, a few people laughing. By the time he gets halfway around the ring, people are up clapping and dancing with him, singing along to the song. <laughs> and he was the only person in the match that the crowd was chanting for. Wow, very cool. So it's like, ah, the kid has it. Yeah. You know? He may not do a 450, he may not do a Hurricane Rana, but he knows how to work the crowd to get him behind him. Well, you can check out Cal and the rest of the lineup at Great Lakes Championship Wrestling. The next show is Blizzard Brawl, Saturday, December 7th, presented by Gruber Law Offices at the Washtenaw County Expo Center. Our staff will most likely be there to check it out. BlizzardBrawl.com for tickets and information. Uh, and, Dave, you're going to be helping us probably plan our pro wrestling night here for 2020. I cannot up. wait for 2020. Uh, I have a hunch that 2020 is going to be a big year for the Chinooks and some pro wrestling. We're hoping so. we got a lot of great things potentially in the works. Dave, thanks for uh, jumping on the show today. You bet. My pleasure, pal. And make sure to check out the David Hero Show uh, wherever you download your podcast. And we will see you this Wednesday and every Wednesday here on the Chinook Social Network for a brand new episode of the Nook Nation podcast. Thank you.